hello. Welcome to another episode of the Making Sense of Islam podcast. A few housekeeping points before we begin. Every episode is accompanied by episode notes that highlight everything I've referenced. So people, verses, hadith, etc. They're all in the episode notes, which you can find at makingsenseofislam.com. Most of the episodes are short form, so the notes are few. But when you listen to longer form episodes, the notes are meant to be a resource and an aid. Number two. I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on whatever platform you use and leave a comment, hopefully positive. And number three, every Friday I send out a short email called Coexist Ruminations that shares what I'm working on and reading in my four focus areas. If you'd like to receive these, please sign up by going to makingsenseofislam.com forward slash Friday. That's it for now. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, I hope everyone's doing well. So this week I wanted to discuss three Sharia hacks. I call them Sharia hacks or Sunnah hacks that I do on a daily basis that make my life easier, the day easier, uh, both sort of religiously and and secularly. Uh, And hopefully that, that will be clear. So the first one, and perhaps the one that will require the most uh, explanation, is the combining of prayers. So when I was studying, uh, one of the things that we studied is we studied the Hadith canon, so we read most of the Hadith, uh, the Sahih Hadith, etc. And in Sahih Muslim, there's a Hadith that's narrated by Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he combined his prayers, you know, he combined Asr with Dhuhr and 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 uh, Aisha with Maghrib in Medina for no reason. Uh, the idea behind the hadith being there wasn't like uh, travel or he wasn't sick, وسلم, or there wasn't you know excessive rain or something like that. There was no reason, and he combined the prayers. So there's a lot of legal discussion you know behind that hadith, and it's sort of a unique situation. But for our purposes, what's important is that the Shafi's they take this hadith as a ruling, and they say, okay, as long as one does not uh, combine prayers habitually it is permissible, according to this hadith, to combine your prayers for no reason. So what does this mean? Uh, today, uh, you know, I'm going to go to work and, you know, I, maybe I have a lot of meetings back to back or I'm going to be, you know, jumping around from, you know, location to location. And I know it's going to be a hectic day. So I'm just going to take this uh, dispensation and I'm going to combine, you know, I'll delay Dhuhr uh, to Asr. Uh, or the other way around, uh, bring up Asr to Dhuhr, uh, for, you know, for no reason, meaning no Sharia reason, there's no travel, no rain or something like that, or I'm not sick. Uh, and then that would be permissible. Now, of course, you can't, with this ruling, you can't shorten the prayers because shortening is only a function of traveling. So that's a separate issue. So combining and shortening are two different transactions, uh, if you will. So... The Shafi's, they, they, they advise and they teach that, okay, as long as it's not habitual, you know, you can do that. So I kind of like learned that, you know, and, and I was, uh, at the time, I was uh, in Egypt at Al-Azhar, so that was sort of part of the learning. But then I started thinking about life in the West, you know, coming back, and uh, how would this apply in, in the context of like a minority community? And what I discovered was that the muftis of the later period, they said, but you know, if you're a Muslim minority community, then you can follow this opinion all the time. Without, without it being, a de- it just becomes like the default. And the idea behind that is that, uh, so I usually, most of the time I'm in North America, and 
you know, you don't always find a place to wash for prayer. You don't always find a place to pray for prayer. Plus, the distances are, are massive. So in, in the United States and Canada, you know, distances are very long. You know, one normal outing could be just half an hour to get to the destination, and that would be considered, you know, normal. Where, whereas um, it's very rural, in other words, not necessarily urban. But even in urban environments, you know, it's, if you're like in Manhattan, it's almost impossible to find a place to pray and things like that. So the idea behind this fatwa is that, well, you can just combine your prayers all the time uh, because uh, of lack of the proper sort of prayer infrastructure, if you will. Now, I do not follow this opinion all the time every day, but I do follow it quite often. So whenever I'm out and about, I definitely take this opinion. I combine my prayers. I don't feel bad about it. I know that it's a, a valid opinion. And it either allows me to it allows me to schedule things much easier. So this has been like a game changer. Ever since I discovered this rule, I learned about it and have, you know, tried it. It's a totally life-changing thing for my Islamic life. It it makes things much easier with scheduling, with with functions, you know, getting invited to things, etc. 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 So this is one hack that I I use uh, regularly, let's say. I mean not every day. Uh, because I don't need to. Uh, sometimes I work from home, so I just whatever. I just pray normally the five separate prayers. Uh, but definitely, when you when you have like kids' activities and games and practices and doctor appointments and all this stuff, this opinion definitely helps tremendously. And I remember when I was discussing this with one of my teachers, my concern was, well, if you did this long enough, wouldn't wouldn't that wouldn't you lose something like spiritually? Like you just you're like end up praying three times a day. You pray Fajr. Of course, by itself, and then you pray Dhuhr and Asr together, Maghrib and Aisha. So you end up praying like three times a day. Wouldn't you lose something? And actually, my teacher, uh, bless him, he said I, quite the opposite. Because you are following a valid opinion, you will not feel like that. And he's like, that's the difference between following valid opinions and then following your own, your your own desire. If you did this out of your own desire, uh, that would you know the the effect of the prayer could wear off. But because this is something that's that's mashru'ah, you know, it's something that's within the sharia, it's valid, it's, it's totally okay. So definitely in my own community when I teach, for sure my family, especially my children, I always advise them with this, you know, kids in school, that's another example. I did not know about this ruling when I was growing up, so it was very difficult to pray. I mean, alhamdulillah, I prayed in school, but it was, it was very arduous. Uh, it didn't have to be that difficult. Uh, so for my children that go to school, definitely children in school in general, this ruling is a totally life-saving, life-changing event. So uh, this is one of the things that I do uh, regularly, and it's it's a lot. Uh, it's been a lot of. Uh, I've had a lot of ease with it, and and that's why I like it. So that's number one. Number two is uh, a daily istikhara. And the idea behind this is I was reading about Imam Sharani, who is a 16th century uh, you know, Sufi saint in Egypt. He's one of my sort of favorite authors, and I, and I was privileged to study some of his works at one point in time with a teacher. And this was a practice that he commented on. And I thought that was really interesting, that he would pray in istikhara every day, and, and, and when he was talking about it as if it was like common, like that saintly people do this, it's not like a unique thing that, you know, he does. But that you ask for guidance for everything that you're going to do that day. And the reason that really spoke to me is because I, I've always been in the startup, you know, game, you know, starting my own business, uh, working with other people, but, you know, sort of, you know, climbing that, you know, the, the entrepreneur ladder or mountain, 
Uh, sometimes falling off a cliff is, <laughs> sounds better. That's for another time. Um, I suffer from what is called decision fatigue. And I didn't realize what that was until I had learned that term and, and read about it. But when you, when you run a business, you know, every day you have to make all of these very important decisions. And those decisions are like life and death. And, you know, you don't really always know what you're supposed to do. You, there's no book that tells you. There's no manual or, or website that says oh, you should do this or you should do that. And in our religious culture, whenever we're, we're stuck with the decision, we pray istikhara. But we usually reserve istikhara for like big decisions. You know, should I get married to this person? Should I apply for this job? You know, should I take a year off and go, uh, you know, in the yonder or whatever? Like big decisions. But because I was bombarded on a daily, I mean daily, like seven days a week, you know, every single day, these major decisions, it started to wear down on a lot of things outside my business life. It just started to wear down on a lot of things where I would make bad decisions at home. I would make bad decisions in my personal life. I would make bad decisions in like what I eat, for example. And it really took a toll. And I didn't understand. It's like a real thing, decision fatigue. So when I read this about Imam al-Sharani, I was like, okay, mashallah, this is, I, I need to be doing this. So what I typically do is with the, if, if I'm, alhamdulillah, if I wake up with enough time left in Fajr that I can pray the sunnah before Fajr, then I use those two rakahs uh, before Fajr and I have a double intention that it's the sunnah before Fajr and it's my daily istikhara. And you just read the istikhara prayer after you're done, but instead of naming one specific item that you're deciding, you know, you're basically saying, you know, Allah, if everything I'm going to do today is, is good for me, then make it easier. And if it's not, then, you know, you know, send me away from it. And I, you know, I still have to make the decisions, but knowing that I have began, knowing that I begin each day with that motion that I'm asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance on all of my decisions, I am more confident and more swift in making the many decisions that I have to make. Now you still have to ask people, I still have to reach out, I still have to think about it. Um, if it's like a super complex thing, I'll pray, you know, istikhara just for that issue. But the daily istikhara has given me a little bit, let's, let's just say self-confidence. It's given me a lot more self-confidence in the decisions that I make. Now, not, not every decision I've made is good, of course. I've made a lot of mistakes. But because I have this firm belief that I asked, you know, the divine for this guidance, I feel like, halas, maybe it was not... Uh, it was the right decision in the you know in the, on the on the highest level. Maybe it was a mistake in the immediate, but because I asked for this guidance, I believe that this is going to protect me, and and I learn from it, and I move forward, and I don't feel bad. So the daily istikhara has been, I would say maybe five years. I've been doing it, and you know each month I uh, this like muscle of self confidence of decision making has grown, and even if you don't make a lot of decisions. You know, if what, I, if what I'm describing now is not your predicament, don't, you know, don't discard this idea because come back to what the spiritual benefit of istikhara is. The spiritual benefit of istikhara is that we are acknowledging that we want our decisions to be good in this life and the hereafter. We don't want to sell one for the other. And if you begin your day with you know in with the mindset that everything that i'm going to do today i want it to be you know a double uh, with the double intention for this world and the hereafter what it does it it also steers you in that direction 
And that's really the benefit of the istikhara, is that you have uh, this awareness that when you do something, you know that it's not just now, but whatever happens now, we're going to see something effect of it, some type of effect of it after we pass on. And inshallah, we see a positive effect, inshallah, for all of us. So the istikhara, even if you're not making like a million decisions a day, uh, it's something that you want to consider. So this was, you know, this was, was a game changer also for me. Now, in this topic, there's another like subtopic, which is that you can have a double intention in the prayer, according to some of the schools. So I had mentioned that I would typically pray the two rakahs before Fajr, the two sunnahs before Fajr, and have a double intention. So you don't always have to have a separate prayer just for the istikhara. You know, if you're going to like, before Dhuhr and you want to pray istikhara, like one of the two rakahs that are sunnah of Dhuhr, you can make the intention uh, for the for the sunnah and for the istikhara. And that's also helpful like to be able to have the double intention. Not all the schools, but in the Shafi school, you're allowed to do that. And that's something you certainly can follow. So that is the second Sharia hack. And the third, and also I want to describe this a little bit because when I've mentioned it to people, they think it's a little like morbid, but I want I want people to understand. And the third is I pray typically at the end of the day, I pray a daily janaza prayer for people that have passed that day that that were forgotten, that no one has prayed for. So in our legal tradition, you know, typically when someone dies, after you wash the body, etc., you know, you bring them to the mosque and then you, everyone prays janaza on them. But what if somebody dies away from you? There's a janaza called, you know, salatul ghaib, you know, the janaza for the person that's not there. If like... Typically, you know, traditionally, if like somebody died in battle and they were lost in battle or something, you know, you would still pray janaza for that person, even though the body wasn't wasn't direct. And this is also another something I think I think I might have also read it from Imam Sharani. I can't remember exactly where, but the idea is that you know somebody's dying every day. I I don't know if every person that's passed today, uh, you know, somebody prayed janaza on them. So it's sort of like. It's an obligation, a communal obligation, right? That we pray for, for those that have passed in our community. So I do that. But the benefit, other than that like legal issue that it's like a communal benefit and that's something that, you know, I want to do to make sure that, you know, we don't leave anybody hanging as, you know, in our modern parlance. The other thing about it is that the Prophet ﷺ told us to remember the destroyer of pleasures. That's what he called death, the destroyer of pleasures. And when people hear that, they oh, I don't want to talk about that death stuff. I don't want to talk about the negative stuff. But what's interesting is when you think about your own mortality, what's supposed to happen is it's supposed to give you motivation to, you know, you know, put yourself in gear and move forward. So when I do this on a daily basis, and, I, and as I said, I typically do it at the end of the day as, as sort of like one of the la like right before my witter at the end of the day, like that's like one of the last things I do before I go to bed is that I remember that, okay, you know, life is short. Um, and one day somebody's going to prey on me. And I want to make my days add up to something. And, and it it's actually motivates me to focus on what's important. And that's another thing, is that a lot of people, uh, and this is, I'm not, you know, casting judgment on anyone, my, myself included, you know, we get really worked up about what people say about us, or what people think about us. And if you do too much of that, you will destroy your life. You know, you'll have like nothing. You, you, you'll just always be trying to please somebody. But when you think about your own mortality, 
the, the first thing that is shed is, <laughs> yeah, I don't care what anyone thinks. I, I can't see anyone anymore. All I'm seeing is myself and my actions. And I want to make sure that my I'm doing something positive and it's adding. You know, I've lived each day to its fullest. Alhamdulillah. So before I, I, I hit the pillow, I'm like, okay, I did the best I could today. Inshallah, tomorrow I'll do better. And in, again, in the, and this is sort of where some of my worlds overlap in the entrepreneurial space. This is also a common theme of reflecting on, on one's own mortality. And uh, a lot of people, they like to, to, to mention the, um, you know, Roman uh, idea of memento mori, you know, remember death, like this sort of from Stoic philosophy and as a reminder that, you know, we're all going to perish, not as a morbid exercise, but as an exercise to make sure that you're living each day to the max. So I think that in our tradition, we have the same concept, right? The Prophet himself told us to remember death frequently. He told us to go to the graves and visit them as a reminder that that's where we're going to end up, etc. So my way of doing that is to pray this daily uh, Janeza. And again, you know, the Janeza prayer, it's like super short. I mean, it literally, I, I would probably would even venture to say it takes less than one whole minute. So, you know, less than 60 seconds. But in that moment, when you make that last takbira and you pray for yourself, I imagine that, you know, that's me, right? I, I, I'm going to be one day that shrouded body, uh, hopefully, in the mosque, you know, with my, my loved ones praying behind me. But, you know, who knows, Allah Alam, what will happen. But I will be that person one day. And all that's going to matter is what I did and, when, you know, the acts and the actions that I took with me to the grave. And I want them to add up to something. So don't think of it as something negative. It's something that's supposed to be super positive and uh, and it motivates you, and 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 death is nothing to fear. I mean, it's just a fact of life. It's going to happen, but you know what matters is that we live life to its fullest. So again, this is something that I've been doing for uh, around the same time as the daily istikhar is about, I would say, four or five years. And for me, it's not. I have never seen it as something negative. Uh, and many times, many many times throughout the year, it's been like the one thing that gets me to like wake up. And I realize, oh my God, like the last like few weeks, I've really been in a funk. And um, man, what's wrong with me? Uh, and then I pray that istikhara and I'm like, oh my God, that's right. I mean, this could be it. No, I'm, I got to keep going. I got to make it happen, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is that I'm, I'm doing. And it, it helps with that like anxiety that we sometimes get from that social pressure. And when you're out there in the public, uh, not that I'm a very public person, but you know I, I've definitely been criticized before, and, and people have attacked me before. And Alhamdulillah, these things really just—they don't get to me because I'm like, you know what? I, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm trying to do. Uh, I'm not perfect. If I make a mistake, I'm definitely the first to admit it. But uh, I got to keep going. So that those are th that that helps. So these three hacks—I call them Sharia hacks—the you know, combining of the prayers. And if you're if you live in a non-Muslim country, a, a minority, you can. You know, do that continually. If you're listening to this and you find yourself in the Muslim world, as I do sometimes, I don't obviously do this habitually. I just do it if I get stuck in something. So combining of the prayers, uh, the daily istikhara to help with decisions, a daily janazah prayer as a as a sort of charity to, to our brothers and sisters who have passed and also a reminder for ourselves. These three things I've been doing, uh, they're very easy. They don't really cost anything. They don't take that much time. But if you do them consistently on a daily basis, you will uh, find uh, a lot of benefit, a lot of benefit from them, inshallah. Okay, I hope that helps. I don't want to ramble anymore. And uh, if I have maybe some more 
type of these hacks there are a lot more we can talk about and if people want to learn let me know and we can continue until next time take care